and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Oh, I was just going to silence my phone here because I didn't want to be like you. But now you didn't? No, because you interrupted me while I was texting something okay. instead of listening to It's not me. like I didn't tell you the show was starting or anything like that. Did you? <laughs> this is Rooster here with Crow. Hello. Welcome back to the Bread and Circuses podcast. How are you doing? How's your case of coronavirus? Turns out, like I said before, that I'm pretty sure I don't have coronavirus. I'm pretty sure you do. I have always had allergies to one degree or another. Um, the older I got, the less I had them and I pretty much grew out of them. But, uh, every once in a while I'll get that, uh, a uh, little bit of, uh, nasal drainage. I think that's basically going into my lungs. What about the tightness in your chest and your shortness of breath and your 104 degree fever? Uh, that's all part of the allergies from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Cause I was asymptomatic and I didn't tell you. Yeah. Anal leakage. Is that another symptom? Uh, that's, uh, or is that a Lestra? Yeah, you get <laughs> eating, that from fake potato eating chips. Eating chips with Olestra, the, 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 the fat alternative. That was a big deal in the aughts. What, what yeah, the, 90s. Not late 90s. It just glides right through you. <laughs> like, it calls anal leakage. <laughs> you won't get fat, but you'll need a lot of new underwear. <laughs> All right, I got a couple questions for you. So do you touch your face a lot? Because I notice I touch my own face a lot. I don't. Well... Uh, when I grow my beard long, I tend to stroke my beard in thoughtful, you know, in a thoughtful manner. Or rub it on the microphone. Yeah. But I don't tend to touch my eyes, nose, or mouth. Okay. I touch my face like 10 times an hour. Hmm. I can't help it. So you know what I've done in this whole thing? I've trained myself not to do that, and I touch other people's faces. <laughs> and and when you go to parties, you dip your fingers in the cheese dip. No, that's just gross. Okay. I mean... So, yeah, I, it people don't take it really well. Touching other people's faces? Yeah, well, know. I just usually do it to shush people. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just don't want to hear what they have to say. Just put your finger on their lips. Shh. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was, there was a Facebook memory I had years ago that I actually tagged you in. That was uh, like 20 things to say to people when you hug them. Oh, yeah. I love that. I've used them. I've used a couple of those. I know. There were, I like picked a couple of them. Yeah. I was like, that's you. Yeah, you smell different when you're away. Shh. We go, they know. <laughs> Act normal. They know. <laughs> you, me, tonight. <laughs> should find that list. Um, and then... Uh, when was the last time you were kicked in the balls? It was quite a while ago because really? I actually don't remember. I feel like with this government shutdown, it's happening to me every damn day. Well, have you ever sat wrong with a with a thick pair of jeans and pinched your balls? No, I have. I don't. I don't have those old man balls that hang down. As no, no, no. Old man jeans do that. Do <laughs> I see. Yeah, I don't wear old man jeans anymore. All right. Uh, so your your coronavirus is fine here. Like I said, allergies. Because we are not social distancing here. Yeah, I think we're we're within six feet, um, so I can stare lovingly into your eyes. That's creepy. I really music. miss it when we when we can't do that in person. 
You're creepy. <laughs> You're really – shut up or I'm going to touch your face. <laughs> I'm not going to stroke your beard. I'm not a facial okay. hair guy. So um, we were talking a little bit yesterday on the phone, and we were like, we got to stop talking because we're going to – Yeah. We're going to use up all the good stuff. But the big thing I was uh, surprised about was this this hotline Minnesota has for telling on your neighbors that Tim Walls put up. And he's the mayor. The mayor. He's the governor. Tim Walls? Wait, who's the... Oh, Fry's the mayor. Okay. Tim Walls, the governor. Tim yeah. Fry's the mayor. All right. So, Walls, who I don't agree with politically, I have thought up until about two days ago, was doing a good job. You know, he's sort of leading the state through it, and they were saying, you know, shouldn't we shut down the state? And he's like, you know, there's there's a lot of economic consequences to that. We shouldn't just do that. Um, so, uh, he said, no, we're not gonna we're not going to do that. But then he put this you know, stay-at-home thing in place. And what people don't realize is that a governor or a mayor especially do not have the right to tell you you can't move about, you know. Right. Uh, didn't, don't you have to declare martial law? Yes. Yes, you do. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Right. There, There's due process. Yeah. And due process is, part of it is saying, hey, the only circumstance where you can limit people's rights is by officially declaring uh, martial law. Yeah. yeah. So a cop I know in our in my town recently said they got a nine one one call about two people who were out walking and they were holding hands and they thought someone should do You're something. You're shitting me. That really no, happened. It happened. And the cop's response was, "I don't fucking have time for this." Good. That that that's the that's the rational response for a crazy call to yeah. and an uh, actual the better response would be go oh, if you call me for something like this again we will pick you up and find you for fucking with us <laughs> yeah, I know. but so i was going to take my kids and just go to the park the other day um and my kids were like no we can't go i'm like yeah we can They're like no we can't and i said yeah we're gonna go to the park and just hit some baseballs and do whatever yeah why not and uh i this park that we go to is in a residential area and i want to do it not so much because I want to get out and get the kids some exercise, because I do, but, and it's coming into baseball season, and I, you know, we love playing baseball. I want to see if one of the neighbors calls the cops on us. And I want the cop to show up and say, you got to go. And just go, no, I don't. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is stupid. But the part that, the part where I broke with walls on this is, Look, you can have your stay-at-home social distancing thing all you want. You're not telling anybody they can't go anywhere. You're just recommending that they not. So there was a – and I saw this on the news, and I can't remember the group that sort of complained to the governor and said, you know, you need to take that that hotline down. You can't just have people just narking on their neighbors for something. Yeah, this, like this is not something that our founding fathers would be pleased with at all. Right, and he <laughs> said words to the effect of, I'm not going to take down a hotline – that helps people protect their neighbors from themselves. Oh, and there you have it. There we go. Yep. That should be moderately chilling to some people. And last time I said this this virus is bringing out people's politics. You know, their their core political beliefs. You know, and I think it comes down to you know, who does who thinks the state does a better job of taking care of you versus you yourself right and i'm just not willing to exchange liberty for security 
And I don't want to hear people tell me, oh, so you're just okay with two point, you know, two to three million people dying. I'm not, no, I'm not okay with it. I, it's not a binary choice for me. Um, but I am not cool with shutting down an economy and putting millions of people out of work and at risk. And, you know, people say, well, you'd feel differently if, if, uh, if it was one of your kids who got sick and died. I wouldn't feel differently about how I feel about it. I would just be incredibly devastated. It's the same goddamn thing we talked about with cars. Right. If, if you were the uh, – if you or your family were the victim of um, a car accident, you would you'd be touched by it personally and you might even consider um, that maybe there does need to be something done about – you know, whatever enforcement, something more, you'd be more involved in it, but it still, it still doesn't change the fact that there's as a society, there's something, there's, there's a certain death toll we're willing to put up with for, for anything. If it, if it's, if the cost benefit analysis, I keep saying, um, tends to be in the favor of the society as a whole and society as a whole benefits from having businesses open, um, from having commerce, having, if you don't have that, your society will get to the point where there will be more deaths than from the disease itself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think, as I said last time, economic unrest has caused more death than anything else. It just, I, you know, I don't have statistics for me in front of that, but I'm willing to make that bet with just about anybody. Yeah. And now they're saying in New York and California that hospital workers are having to take 20% pay cuts. Do you know why? I didn't hear that. Yeah, it's just coming through today. Do you know why? Because there's not enough money in the economy to keep money flowing to the there hospitals. There you go. Yeah, and that's going to get worse. It's going to get like, worse. It's going to get worse in a big way. It's not going to just be gradual either. So I I really don't like listening to Glenn Beck because he's such a he's such an apocalyptic guy. And there's times when you can't tell where he's giving you um, information or he's trying to sell. Or he's you telling something. a story. Or he's trying to sell you something. Yeah. So true. like today they said, he's like, he's talking about, oh, the economy collapsing and they're cutting in off of a break. So he's talking about the economy collapsing and blah, blah, blah. And all buy this. gold. That's it. Is that I what it was? Like, I was like, here it comes. And it was, you need to buy gold. Oh and I thought, God damn it. He's good at that. Yeah. I know. But he's, he's very apocalyptic. And he's doing this whole thing about, you know, here we go. Great Depression starts in the next five, four, three kind of, you know. But he did say today, and the reason I had listened to any of his show is it the morning show that we listen to locally here, Justice Leads Drew, into it. Bleeds into it. So uh, he was saying, um, and it always takes me 10 minutes before I'm like, why the hell am I listening to this? Shut it off. But he was talking about um, the unemployment numbers are going to come out soon. And the Fed, Federal Reserve, I think, I don't, I don't, may not be them because I don't think they keep track of that number. But they say that unemployment might hit. 32 million people or something. So we might have 10 to 15% unemployment, actually more than that because wow. you're not figuring population, you're figuring workforce. Yeah. The great depression didn't have numbers like that. Yeah. Now you have to adjust for population growth and all that. And that's another reason that drives me nuts about him. And the depression like 2008 was built on bullshit economics. This isn't, this is sort of like turning it off and turning it back on, but there's going to be a ramp up period too. It's not going to be like electricity, you flip the switch and the lights come on. We need some sort – the longer we take off, the longer we take to get back. Yeah, and the longer we take off, the the more precipitous that that drop is going to be. 
Ooh, like precipitous. You, you can't. You can't. I mean, right now where everybody's like, oh, shit, this is looking bad. But there's going to be a point where that where it immediately goes, boom, This is we're fucked for a long time if we keep going this way. Look, I have to tell you, if you're going to use words like precipitous, I'm going to have to tell you that your nomenclature is pedantic. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, uh, it, I, I don't necessarily fully agree with what you said, but I don't think it's like, you know, we hit that continental shelf where it's like, boom, you just drop off into the abyss. But it will be this gradual decline that it takes a gradual return from if we don't get things back going again. I think the drop-off will be faster than... I think the the return won't bounce back as fast if, if you hit that precipice, if you hit right, that point. Right, yeah. It'll take and longer. What that's going to be is if businesses go long enough where the example I use is like an insurance office, that maybe it's got three office people and seven or eight agents in it. And the insurance business will come back, um, and those seven or eight agents won't make as much money, and maybe one of them drops off, but Uh, The the people who run that office are going to say, you know, do we need three office people or can we get by with two? Um, Or maybe they say we can get by with one. But we're going to see businesses just like post-2008, the longer we go, decide what they can go without. And part of what's made us a good economy is that things were going well enough so people were hiring extra people. Yep. And despite what people say, wages were up. So, you know, it'll hold wages down a little bit and there won't be as many people who go right back to work. So we need we need to get stuff back working. But this is where I think Trump's whole timetable thing that he's been doing is and there are going to be people who say, you know, I'm a big Trump homer. Again, I can't say enough stuff I like about the guy. There's stuff I don't. But the way he slips some of these things in, you know, when he mentioned his Easter comment we got to get back up going by easter that's what i'm hoping and right away the next day the stock market had a huge rally and the reason i believe it had a rally was because people started saying hey i think we can see an end to this much like if you're in a war you know and they start saying you know what we think we'll be done with this by june and people can start saying all right cool our boys are coming home in june and july even if that's not true, you've given them something to hope for. Right. And he may have been a, he may have been too optimistic, but the fact that he put something out there that said, "Here's what I'm thinking, people. We got to get working again." That engages a lot of people. So then the press goes after him, like they always do, because he's a big dumb dummy and he doesn't know what he's talking about, and that's too optimistic, and billions of people are going to die. Um, so he. He says, all right, all right, okay. You know, maybe, yeah, we'll see. Maybe it's optimistic. But uh, then he comes out and goes, all right, I'm going to speak your language, media. This is going to be bad. Two or three weeks. Like like you've never seen. It's going to be bad. And then we're going to probably come out on the other side. It's a couple weeks, maybe three weeks. But, you know, two, three. Then we're going to hit that peak. It's still going to be, but we're going to be doing well. Okay, today... We're recording. What's two weeks from now? I don't know. Easter. Oh, yeah, yeah. So my point is, he's saying... The same thing. The same thing in a different way that makes the media go, oh, this big dumb dummy finally gets it. Yeah. You know, he's an idiot. He took too long doing this, 
And now the dummy finally has come around. So, yeah, two weeks. There we go. You just agreed with him, stupid. Yeah. You know? And no, it's not going to be like, bang, poof, everything's fine. But he's going to – he all he did was find a different way to talk about the same timeline. And he does this stuff all the time. And they never see that coming. You know, and I think – Yeah, he puts their hypocrisy on full display and they're so fucking full of themselves they don't even see it. Well, Nancy Pelosi wants to uh, – she wants to launch an investigation into Trump and his – Good. How he dealt with it. Oh, yeah. Do it. Yeah, bring it on. Because one of the things they're going to do is go – Tim Pool brought this up. What was Joe Biden tweeting about? The day before Trump shut down impeachment. Yeah. What was before he shut down travel to from China? The day before is tweeting about impeachment. What was he tweeting about the next day, day after? Impeachment. Impeachment. Yeah. That's what the Democrats were full in on. You know, this whole China thing. As soon as Trump shut China travel down, they're like, oh, that's just racist. Well, then all these. From a whole country? Are you kidding me? And now, two, three weeks later, they're going. He didn't move fast yeah. enough on that. Yeah, all the talking heads are saying Trump was did, was woefully unprepared for this. He wasn't serious about it. He, but motherfuckers, there are video after video and and site after site pulling up all you motherfuckers saying the same thing, if not worse, like uh, downplaying the virus, downplaying everything, saying that he's xenophobic. And this way bef- way after he actually started taking it seriously, stupid shits. How about Bill De Blasio saying, "Hey." We can't we can't take it out on Chinese people. So for the Chinese New Year, New Yorkers, get out and party in the streets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Trump didn't take yeah. it seriously. Yeah. But the the thing they seem to not get is those things are there for normal people to look at and go, oh, on you know March seventeenth you said this, and on April first you said this. Well, oh, there there's so many people that that put this all together and they just like put screenshots of headline, 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 covering screen of all the bullshit and the time of when this media and the talking heads have said all this shit. And it's just, it's just out there. It's just blatant. You can't deny it. Um, and that's why they want to shut down a lot of this. Too. So one of the reasons that the media wants to shut down, letting people see Trump do these conferences because it's them not being able to take things out of context. It's them not being able to tell you how to feel about what you're about to hear. It's, it's, it's the media not having any input whatsoever to be able to manipulate what's, what's being said or what they, th- they think you should hear. And they don't like it. So what they're doing is they're blatantly saying, they're saying, I don't know who said this, one of the big media talking heads said, hey, you know, we're not going to show the Trump. Um, Rachel Maddow. No, this wasn't Maddow. This was a, a guy. We're not going to show the Trump um, conference. What's the Press Weasley? conferences. Weasley and- little fucker. I can't remember his name. Well, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, but we're not going to show these because, you know, it just gives Trump an excuse to, you know, to, to state misstatements and, and, and we have to go back and then we'll have to correct that. What we're going to do is we'll monitor for you what he says. And then if he says something irrelevant, we'll let you know and we'll put the context in for you. I'm like, <laughs> was, was it Cuomo? No, or it Cuomo? It wasn't Cuomo. Was it Stelter? It, is he like the little pedo looking guy? I, I don't know what the pedal looks like. bald head and kind yeah. of doughy. Yeah, it looks like George Costanza. No, Kistanza. it wasn't him. It was like the skinny guy. With like the... <laughs> I love how you, you see the pedal looking. No, it wasn't him. Uh... <laughs> He's like a skinny dude with like a little half mustache. I don't know. Fuck. Whatever. You just described half the guys at CNN. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of Matt or Rachel Maddow, did you hear this? I got to, we got to play this really quick. Uh, hold on. This is from The Wire. Uh, okay, Rachel Maddow gets on her uh, her show talking about President Trump. 
said when he announced that those ships would be put into action against the COVID-19 epidemic. He said one of those ships would be operational in New York Harbor by next week. That's nonsense. It will not be there next week. And the Naval Hospital ship, the USNS Comfort, you see it right there on your screen, has just docked in New York City. The ship will be used to house <laughs> non-coronavirus. Rachel Maddow, just getting on there, talking about how, so Trump said we're going to send a naval ship there, uh, the USS Comfort, and we're going to help the doctors in the hospitals, and we're going to take Liar. we're going to take the non-COVID cases. Liar. Because they have, and, and Rachel Maddow gets on at, at just blatant, no. Big lying dumb dummy. Yeah, and, and. She she is she's not she's not apologetic for that at all. No, and she was the one who said we have to stop showing these press conferences. We have yeah. to stop showing them. And she basically said it's because you know he's growing in popularity when we do this. Yeah, you have to stop you because can't. you're seeing that what he says he follows through on. Yeah, and he's we acting, don't want people to see that he's acting like a leader. Yeah, you know you can't have Isn't that. that. Amazing though. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so insane, and. I, uh, there was another Jim Costa, Jim Acosta sighting. You know, they have those uh, press conferences uh, oops, sorry. out on the White House lawn where they're in like the little folding chairs and they yeah. all sit six or eight feet apart. And Jim Acosta, that smug little fucker, is sitting in his chair, like leaning back, holding his pad of paper. Pinching goes, his balls. Yeah, <laughs> what do you say to those people who, uh, you know, are not happy and disapprove or critique criticizing you critiquing uh <laughs> criticizing you over right, your, Shakespeare yeah over your uh uh response to the coronavirus <laughs> he's not even done with this question oh, halfway through Trump's Trump's like the his eyes. he goes oh, here, here we, we go, go again <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like he might as well call him little Jim you know yeah. he just and a I wish that Trump had said, instead of going off about how CNN doesn't count and blah, 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 and this is why your ratings suck and everything, you just go, how is this helping? Is this doing anything? But he, he had a great response. He said, look, I'm trying to give people some hope here. He goes, you don't give people hope. You're just causing panic. He goes, don't do that. Yeah. And he's right. And they want to do these gotcha questions. I mean, how does that help anything? And Acosta, I think, because all these blue checkmark Twitter heads uh, all talk to each other. They don't get outside their circle. I think it was Acosta who was at one of the um, was it the Democratic convention or the uh, Republican one a few years ago, and they were oh I think it was the Republican one, and people outside were yelling at him and just saying you're full of shit and all this stuff, and he was like, "Where's this hostility coming from? I don't understand this." It's like Jim. Yeah, you don't pay attention to anything you're saying. Oh, he's he's so smug and self-important. I yeah, mean, he's the center of his own universe. Well, yeah, and I don't know why they don't just take him off the White House beat. You know. Yeah. And you know, I've heard people say, "Why does Trump even let him in? Why don't they give someone else the CNN credential?" And I thought that's just that's just treating the guy like he matters. You know, I mean, he just asks the stupidest questions. All the time. And, and he does it in a way where you can tell that he he exudes hatred of the president. Like he 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 doesn't like he doesn't try to come across as like an impartial, um, hard hating journalist. He come across as fuck you yeah. every time he opens his mouth. Yeah, Don, I got a question for you. It's almost, it's almost that bad. Yeah, he's just terrible. Did you hear um, that Chris Cuomo has coronavirus? Yeah, and you know what I thought was classy? I was watching Fox News last night, um, and uh, 
I can't. I really can't stand Hannity either. But uh, Tucker bleeds into Hannity's show, and um, he said, uh, he said, you know, we. He goes, I don't agree with Chris Cuomo a lot. He goes, but I really hope he's okay. You know, and Tucker said the same thing. Really, I want him to be uh, like barfing and shitting for like fourteen days. <laughs> Was it uh, Drew Carey had a had a joke once about Art Modell, the Cleveland Browns owner who moved the Cleveland team out and they became the Baltimore Ravens? And Drew Carey's from Cleveland. He loves the loves the Browns. He goes, he goes. I don't want Art Modell to die. He goes, but I want him to have a heart attack because I heard that I hear they hurt really bad. <laughs> So you're like the same way with Chris Cuomo. Huh? Oh, God. Well, there was a segment on uh, CNN where his – they had like uh, Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo have a bromance. I mean it's a well-documented bromance. Um, but uh, Don Lemon interviewed Chris Cuomo about it and it was just – it's it's too long. I, I would play it, but it's like five minutes. It's a five-minute interview. And it goes from – Four and a half more minutes of Chris Cuomo than you can stand? Yeah, or, or Don Lemon. Um, I actually, if I had to pick the two, like the one I can't stand more is Don Lemon. Oh, I agree. Um, but it was, it was so, uh, Don Lemon is, he is, there's no way he should be the face of their network at any point, at any time of day. Why are you pounding your fist in your hand like that? <laughs> so, uh, he tried to do a Corona joke. Like, um, he joked that he was going to send a, a six pack of Corona beers as it could get well present to Cuomo, which fell flat even to little buddy Cuomo. Uh, he, he's like, yeah, that's not funny. You could tell he's like, ugh. Your homophobia in that comment is apparent. Okay. His butt buddy? I'm sorry. Ugh. Um, I can't even look at you. The, so he said that, yeah, yeah, did you get the present I sent you? And he's got this little look in his face, uh, Don Lemon, like, <laughs> I'm so funny. He's like, no, I didn't get your present. He goes, it's a six-pack of Corona. <laughs> and and uh, Quam was like, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get that. He goes, oh, I just thought I'd bring some levity in here. Uh, I'll make some bad jokes and inappropriate jokes, and I'll call you and text you things like, "It's like, it's like." I'm, and he goes, he pulls up his phone and says, "No, seriously, dude, I'm right here if you need me." Like, and it wasn't like a joke. He held up his little phone on air. It's like, dude, stop. This is this is coming across very pathetic. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Lemon later began to tear up as he talked to CNN Global Fair uh, an analyst Brianna. Oh, I can't pronounce his name. Goladraga, wiping away tears as he discussed his co-worker. Sorry, I wasn't going to do this. Jesus, he's probably at home laughing at me, wiping away his tears. I mean, hard hitting. Maybe Don Lemon's gay. <laughs> what gave you that impression? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to play the clip. Uh, but I don't have it synced. It's a five-minute like interview, but the clip where he was doing his little Corona thing and just trying to be funny, and it's just like, oh, you, you come across as so bad. I did, did you hear Chris Cuomo's exchange with his uh, with his brother? Yeah, it was a, the, another five-minute clip. Are you running for president? He's like, no. It was it was actually pretty. I yeah, you could tell. Um, what's the governor's first name again? Uh, I always get him confused with his dad. It's not Mario. No, Chris Cuomo's the anchor, and yeah. anyway, he weird. Goes, he goes, uh, so, you know, in all this, are you running for president? He goes, no. He says, no, you won't answer the question or no? He goes, no. No, I'm not running. Are you, you know, are you going to run in the future? No. Are you going to think about it in the future? No. How do you know what you're not going to think about in the future? <laughs> it's like, like, how do I know what I'm not going to think painful. about in the future? Yeah. Yeah. So, no. I mean, part of it is they had this little sibling rivalry thing that's supposed to be funny. So they're just going on with that. But part of it was like, God, you know, this is this is pretty pathetic. 
you need to stop. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you think Biden's going to get the nomination and are they going to do something? Well, else? Tucker's convinced. Tucker Carlson's convinced that Biden's not going to be the um, not, not going to be nominated. I think the only way Biden doesn't make is if he dies. Yeah. But I did hear. God, I wish I could remember who said this. Um, said they don't think if Biden's the um, if Biden is the candidate that there will be any presidential debates. And Biden's excuse will be, I'm not going to dignify this guy's position by sharing a stage with him. That would be that would be stupid. Yeah, but what would be stupider? Debating him? I think debating him for Biden would be stupider. Well, that's like, what's worse, burning to death or drowning? They both suck. They both yeah. end up with you dead, but you can't just... He can't hack it. Everybody, even though all the Democrats know he can't handle it at this point. I said this before, you know... Uh, watching Rogan's podcast on those two occasions when he's like, yeah, this guy can't be president. He's like, he just can't do it. Yeah. And uh, Tucker was saying the other night, he's like, look, I like Joe. He's a nice guy. But he goes, this isn't Joe Biden. He goes, this is, he goes, and that's going to be me someday. And he goes, uh, so I want to be careful here, but he goes, I hope if it is, I've got people who love me enough to tell me not to run for president. <laughs> He's yeah. Rogan was saying, and we've said before, he's going to get murdered by Trump in in a debate. Yeah, he just will. I, and the uh, the quote I couldn't think of last time when they were asking him about the cure. Joe Biden's thing was he said we have to take care of the cure because that's going to make the whole thing worse. <laughs> like Joe, you got to stop. You just you just got to stop. But I'm repeating myself. Andrew. Andrew, that's it. But yeah, it's no matter what Trump does, he can't do anything right. You know, yeah. they they flip on him every week. You know, he goes from you know shutting down shutting down travel from China is racist and xenophobic and blah blah blah. And Jim Acosta says that, and he goes, yeah, he keeps calling it the Chinese virus. It's a xenophobia on display. He, he called the Wuhan virus like it's from somewhere. Don't else. get me started on the Chinese. Yeah, well, you were starting on some of that before. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's safe to say, dear listeners, that Crow cares not for the Chinese. And not just the government, by the way. All Chinese it's people, people. Right? So no Chinese food anymore? Nope. No Chinese dry No cleaners. ordering from Wish anymore? What's Wish? Wish is a website. It's like the Chinese Amazon. Okay. And everything is like super cheap, but you have to wait like weeks to get your shit because it comes straight from China. Okay. And, uh, you know, no more of that. I dare you. To go on a China-free consumer diet. That'd be tough. I dare you. Be tough. Put your money where... You have to make sure you know exactly where everything comes from. Put your money somewhere other than where your mouth is, Mm -hmm. bro. That's what I'm saying. Now, I'm not... not, I don't want people to get the impression that I hate Chinese people. Yes, you do. Uh, There are good Chinese people out there. There are uh, citizens of the United States that are of Chinese heritage that are good people. But if you are a Chinese citizen... Or if your close family, a lot of them are Chinese citizens, then I will be very suspicious of you with with good uh, reason for that. So what you're saying is anyone who can understand this podcast is okay with you. Well, if you're a Chinese a Chinese American or Chinese heritage, and you're rah rah, you know everything about America, liberty, uh, Second Amendment, First Amendment, you know, founding fathers, whatever. Yeah, I, you're you're not who I'm talking about, but. 
I will be suspicious of anybody that is like not one generation removed from China. Sorry. You uh, you say Chinese Americans. You know what we call those here in this country? Uh, I'm waiting. Americans. Okay. I thought you were going to say chink. <laughs> And I was wrong. So good on you. <laughs> That's, I I hate that whole I'm African American, I'm Italian American. Yeah. Like you don't hear Italians well, really say I, that. But when I'm talking about this, though, I would say uh, Americans of Chinese ancestry. But I know. you know, like kind of. It did. It did remind. Doesn't me roll of off the, the tongue. The time someone was saying something about Idris Elba, and they're like, he's African American, and somebody goes, he's English. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, Idris Elba, by the way. Idris, whatever. Yeah. So. Idris, Idris. Potato, yeah. potato. <laughs> All right. Do you want to do some would you rather? Sure. And then I want to talk about the coronavirus. Okay. I got some numbers here. All right. Would you rather smoke a cigar or a hookah pipe? Cigar. Why? Because I don't like hookah pipes. Have you done a, uh, smoked a hookah pipe? No. What if it was brand new out of the out of the box, wasn't used by anybody else? No. that's I just don't like them. But you've never actually smoked a hookah pipe so how do you how would you know you did there's like a them? lot of things i've never done that i don't want to do because right. they don't appeal to me have you ever put an orange in a nylon <laughs> uh yeah it was more of a tangerine <laughs> clementine <laughs> <laughs> Uma darling Uma darling <laughs> Um, Gonna shove this. <laughs> <coughs> you okay? Yeah, the coronavirus just kicked in. So how about you? Uh, I don't believe I haven't smoked a hookah pipe. I would, and I think the reason I think this I is a would you rather. It's like the whole name of the book. It's think, not a would but, you. But the thing or is, would you, the thing is, I I have smoked a cigar, so I. I, I can't tell you the difference between the two because I, I've smoked cigars, but I haven't smoked a hookah pipe. You fucking hypocrite. What? You sat here, though. What do you mean you wouldn't? Why wouldn't you? How come? And then I ask you, and you're like, well, I, I can't really say. No, no. I, here's No, I'm explaining. I would. I think I would rather try the hookah pipe. If you go, here's cigars, and here's a hookah pipe. Even though I haven't smoked hookah, I would go, I'll go with the tobacco in a hookah pipe as opposed to cigar because I have experience with cigars. And though I enjoy smoking a good cigar, I don't do it often enough, so... When you don't smoke very often and you smoke a cigar, you get about halfway through, you start feeling sick. Yeah, but what this basically implies is that you would rather have one or the other, yeah. forsaking the other forever. So you're saying, I'd rather smoke a hookah pipe. Well, the first time you smoke it and it tastes like shit, you're like, I don't want to do that again. Well, you're off cigars then too. No, it's I, would you I'm rather. not saying – like I, I'm assuming that they're they're asking people that have done it or haven't done it, which one would you rather go with? It's not like forever – and I go, I think I would, the reason I think I would try to, or would enjoy a hookah is because it has water in it, which mellows the smoke and makes it easier to smoke. But you probably get just a sick off of it, wouldn't you? Like the tobacco or, you know, the I don't know. nicotine, if you're not used to it. Um, I don't want to, I don't, I was going to say something there that I'm not going to say. All right. Would you rather wear fringe on everything or dress in leather from head to toe? For the rest of your life. What if it was fringed leather? <laughs> what if you had to wear buckskins Ooh, everywhere yeah. you went? <laughs> you like Bill, dress like Wild Bill Hickok and Buffalo Bill Cody for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> I leather. I'd rather wear leather. 
Yeah, because you because fringes look stupid. And there's variants in leather. There's there's uh, suede. There's different colors of leather. Well, you could wear your chaps all the time. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't say assless because all chaps are assless. Um, <laughs> Something you you've told me way more times than I care to remember. Yeah. Uh, I would rather do the well. Would you rather dress in leather head to toe? Does it mean you have to wear like a leather hat? Yes. Well, there's leather baseball caps and leather cowboy hats that look cool. So sure, why not? It get awfully warm though. In the summer? So maybe the fringes would be good in the summer. I don't know. I'm going to go leather. The fringes. Would you rather someone break up with you over the phone or by taking you out for one last dinner date to tell you they're breaking up with you? Oh, like in public so you couldn't murder them? (laughs) (laughs) Reminds me, have you ever heard of QAnon? (laughs) No, tell me more. I'm not going down that road. <laughs> I hear he has a plan. <laughs> you just got to follow along. Yeah. I don't know why that yeah, came to just me. Just trust in the plan. I don't know why that came to me. Trust in the plan, Rooster. <laughs> I don't know why that came yeah. to me. <laughs> so what's the answer to the question, you son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, some of these are funny just for me. Um, I I don't know. Like, tech, <laughs> like you, when you say over the phone, you can even say text. I think I'm getting to an age where if somebody broke up with me, I'd be like, sure, fine, whatever. Yeah, I saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it depends because if you wanted to break up with them too, you'd want it over the phone. You wouldn't want to go to dinner. You'd be like, whew, okay, dodged a bullet there. We're yeah. done. Thanks. Yeah. Now have a good life. Uh, the dinner thing is like if you think the person is going to react poorly and you want to you want to convey like the emotion of, hey, I'm not doing the, it's It's not you. It's me. Yeah. Whereas on text or phone, it's harder to convey that. Think about it if you were the person doing the breaking up and you took someone out to a restaurant because you didn't want it to go poorly in public and you're expecting them to go, oh, you son of a bitch. And they were just like, oh, thank God. I'm glad you said it. I actually, that's the the exact response I'd like. (laughs) Right? Isn't that a response you'd like anytime you break up with someone? It's not because you're like, you're wanting to hurt them. No, I just, I think that would be like, if you like have... If you're going to break up with somebody, you've spent time thinking about it. Yeah. And part of what you've spent time thinking about is... is can we make this work? Is how that... No. How are they oh. going to react? Well, it starts you know? out with, can I actually make this work? No. No. I've, when I've... you're going to start breaking up with them, you're past that point. All right. But, you know, you want them at some point to be like, you know, though you don't want to be with them anymore, you want them to be like, well, I'm going to miss you. This was a good thing for me. Sorry, you know, kind of thing. You don't want to hurt them. You just want to feel like you had some value. And if they're like, oh, whew, I'm glad you said it. Oh, I, I'm, I'm completely opposite. Yeah, but you're a robot. <laughs> That's not true. That's what QAnon told me. <laughs> um, would you rather be spontaneous or predictable? Let me think about it. <laughs> That's the answer. (laughs) I would rather be spontaneous. Uh, I don't know. If you're spontaneous in business, that's probably not good. Yeah, I would just, I would rather be a... I think it's, either one would be bad. Like to be nothing but, I think if you had like nothing but one way or the other, it'd be bad. Either way. I think like if you're in a business negotiation predictable can paint you into a corner but it can also i mean if they're like this guy's gonna be tough we know he's gonna be tough we're gonna have to bring our a game um so that could be the good side of it for you 
spontaneous when it comes to that stuff is they can be like, we got no fucking clue how this yeah. is going to go. Well, in a romantic relationship, you def- you don't want to be predictable ever. You want to be spontaneous. You never want them to know when that thumb's going up the butt. <laughs> now it's your show. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead. It's all you. I think I need to crack another beer. <laughs> You crack something. Oh, so. uh, before we move on to the next subject, I'd like to. Um, uh, we were talking about the shutdown, and of all the sites, Infowars had a good article on it. Um, and oh, I thought you were going to say your porn sites were yeah, down uh, by the editors, so there's nobody that took credit for this. But it says the end the shutdown, the lasting and far-reaching harm caused by this authoritarian precedent far outweighs those caused by COVID-19, and I tend to agree. Um, I want to read a little bit of this and we'll comment on it. If you don't mind, it's not super long. Go ahead. All right. Um, The shutdown of the American economy by government decree should end. The lasting and far-reaching harms caused by this authoritarian precedent far away those caused by COVID-19 virus. The American people, individuals, families, businesses must decide for themselves how and when to reopen society and return to their daily lives. Neither the Trump administration nor Congress has the legal authority to shut down American life absent at least baseline due process. As Judge Andrew Neapolitano recently wrote, business closures, restrictions on assembly and movement, and quarantines are not constitutionally permissible under some magic emergency doctrine. Right. At a minimum, the federal government must show potential imminent harm by specific infected individuals at some form of hearing or trial. These due process requirements are not suspended. State and local officials may claim or even possess lawful police powers to shut down their communities. We offer no analysis of such powers or claim under the myriad of state constitutional authority, uh, authorizing legislation or claims, sorry. But they should resist exercising these powers. The governor of Virginia in particular deserves admonition for unilaterally imposing a lengthy period of virtual house arrest. We do not know and cannot yet know how many Americans will become sick or die from the virus. We do know that predictions regarding infection and death rates are highly unreliable. Even actual deaths attributed to COVID-19 are not so easy to count, as Italy has discovered. Age, general health, and uh, comorbidity, I don't know what that is, are difficult variables to assess, and people may die with the virus, but not from it. It is also very difficult to assess the lethality of a virus relative to previously known types of flu and cold. To date, COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. are far fewer than deaths in ordinary flu season or from past pandemics such as the H1N1 virus. This understanding is critically important to put the virus and the government response to it in perspective. Even during past pandemics, depressions, and world wars, Americans went to work. In 1850, French economist Frederick uh, Bastiat, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, helped the world understand the, quote, seen and unseen costs of state policies. It is simple to see how quarantines and lockdowns will slow the spread of COVID-19. It is critical, but not so simple, to see the costs and harms caused by the economic shutdown. Only then can we rationally understand the trade-offs involved. And this is where it kind of gets even more important. How many Americans suffering from other illnesses cannot see a doctor now? How many Americans will lose their jobs, their life savings, their retirement prospects, their incalculable feeling of self-worth? How many will succumb to depression, drug or alcohol abuse, and and suicide? Suicide. How many will lose their homes, divorce their spouses, or suffer abuse? How many will never recover in their careers? How many small businesses, including the vital ones of doctors, dentists, and veterinarians, will vanish in your community? How many of them are trapped in a home with an abuser? Yeah. 
Yeah. How many young people will fail to launch? They say, quote, unquote. Worse still, will grocery stores and gas stations remain open and stocked? Will crime spike? Will the American social fabric already thin from politics tear apart? These questions are not rhetorical. All these things happen to a degree following the Great Recession of 2008. They will happen again very soon if we fail to act immediately. Tomorrow, on April 1st, which is our recording today, millions of Americans will not pay rent or mortgages. Millions of small businesses will shudder, just as many large employers such as Macy's, Kohl's, airlines, and hotels already have. Millions of service workers are unemployed already, but many more jobs will be lost. The effect will cascade. And I was talking about that before. Well, look, there's a, I will tell you this as a business owner. This is not as dire as they say. Okay, and this is part of the problem I have with the, the Glenn Becks of the world. Okay, yes, this is April 1st. This is the first time people are going to start missing mortgage payments, things like that. Banks are being very lenient with this, land, uh, which means landlords can be lenient, which I, I get all of that stuff. So, uh, and we have a friend I want to have on the show who's sort of in this business, but uh, I got a million things going through my head at once here, so I'm going to try and okay. keep. So, there's a thing out now called PPP, uh, Payroll Protection Program. So, the government is basically saying, look, whatever your payroll was uh, for the last month or whatever, we'll give you, I'm a little off on this, but the program's been rolled out so fast, I'm in the ballpark. They'll give you two and a half times your last payroll for eight weeks. So you can pay to keep your vital people on, okay? Now, that money is going to cost us something down the road, and that's a whole other conversation that I think that's the part we should be worried about. Um, but nobody's going to lose their house over this anytime soon, like in the next two, three months. But what's going to happen to these landlords, the bank's not leaning on them to pay, but eventually they'll have to make it up, okay? What's going to happen is these people who, by law, still need to pay their they need to pay their rent, but they're not allowed to be evicted. All they're hearing is, I don't have to pay it, which in practice is sort of true, right? They owe it, but they just can't be evicted for it now. So you get somebody, if this thing goes on for 60 or 90 days, who just doesn't pay for two or three months worth of their rent and then moves. They skip out on it, you know? That landlord is going to be out that money which is a significant amount of money. And now when everything gets turned back on, the bank can come back and say, hey, you owe us a bunch of money. That kind of money can be ruinous to some people. Yeah. And we, we can't do that stuff. Um, so in the very short term, I mean, people missing, people missing a mortgage payment here, a credit card payment there, that's not going to kill us. But we do need to get this sense of people getting back because the longer this goes... The, I, even my kids at this point, like I went in and told my son this morning, I'm like, it's eight o'clock, get out of bed. He goes, I don't have school today. I'm like, you're damn right you have school. You have your distance learning stuff. He goes, it's like three hours a day. I'm like, I get that it's three hours a day. You're going to start it at nine o'clock. Get out of bed. And he's looking at me like, Jesus Christ, what are you doing here? It's been three days and they've already gotten out of that routine. Yeah. Those kids need that routine. Now, if kids don't go to school for the rest of this year, I have a bunch of teacher friends and I've told them not going to school the last two months of the year, it's not going to make the dumb kids smart and it's not going to make the smart kids dumb, right? But there is a lag in this stuff and we need to keep kids' brains engaged. But the, uh, the effect we're going to have here, and I'm going to say something about cops 
and we've got some listeners who are cops, and I would love to hear their feedback on this because some of this they'll probably like and some of it they're probably not going to like much at all. I understand the difficult position they're in when Governor Walls says, hey, you need to stay home, and they kind of tell them to police that stuff. You can't police that stuff. And if you're going to lean on people for, if I take my kids to the park and three of us are out playing baseball, you know, we live in the same house, we're nowhere near anybody, we got in the car and drove there, we didn't interact with anyone else, and you're telling me I have to leave? No, I don't. And you can't make me. And if you follow through the process, because there's going to be people who do this, who say, well, you know, we're going to cite you, worst case scenario, we're going to arrest you, we're going to... We're going to bog our courts down with a bunch of stuff like that. And it's going to be wrong, and most cops are going to know it, you know. And there are a lot of cops who are good cops who will do some things they know they can't do because it makes the investigation go better. Like, they can't, at, they can't make you surrender your cell phone, right? Like, if you were driving and they think they saw you on it, they can't make you turn your phone over to them. But they'll make them think they can, and some people just surrender it, you know. So just don't do it. Yeah. But I think, you know, this idea that, and I, and this is the tough part. I understand that police are in a difficult position with this virus that they can, they can get it. And they're out interacting with the public for our safety. I appreciate that. It's not a job I would want to do. Um, and so, you know, big ups to them for doing that at the same time. This idea that we're not going to start uh, chasing down nonviolent crimes. And one of the examples they gave on the news the other day in Minneapolis, they're not going to respond to nonviolent crimes. And they said, like someone breaking into a car. You just went on television in the largest market in the entire state and broadcast that the cops in Minneapolis are not going to be responding to car break-ins. What's going to happen? You're going to have a hell of a lot more car break-ins. And what are people going to do? You know, and this is part of that cascading of issues. If one in 100 people who see someone breaking into a car tries to do something about it, someone winds up getting shot, what's going to happen there? You know, we can't just decide that there's some laws we don't want to enforce. Right. And then make up a whole list of laws we're going to enforce because of this. It's crazy. We just can't do that. Oh, and it's also what's uh, the government's deciding what's fundamental business-wise and what's not fundamental, what's necessary and what's not necessary. Uh, you can't really do that either. The, our society will decide that. Absolutely. Capitalism will decide that. Yeah. Well, let so, me finish this real quick. It's just a par two paragraphs. I mean, I skipped some of it. So here's just the, the final two paragraphs. On a fundamental level, freedom really is more important than security, or in this case, an illusion of security. We all demonstrate this in our personal lives every day, from flying to driving to riding bicycles to consuming unhealthy food and drinks simply because we like it. Security has never been the sole or even primary goal for a country born in rebellion. Government cannot decide what aspects of our lives are essential or non-essential. The American people cannot simply sit at home and wait for government checks written on funds that government does not have and the shutdown. Yeah, and I get tired of these and you see it mostly on facebook because well maybe, maybe you see it everywhere but that's the social media i sparingly partake of um of these people who are like you know singing these songs stay the fuck at home and you know you're stepping outside you're gonna kill grandma shut up 
You know, I I don't want to hear that from you. Um, And getting back to that example I gave much earlier about people say, well, you'd feel differently if it happened to your kid. No, I would not feel differently. Just like as a Second Amendment guy, if somebody walked into my kid's school, shot up a bunch of kids, my kid being one of them, I would not change my position on guns. I would double down and say there should have been someone at that school who was going to protect those kids. Or more follow through on the laws we already have. Yes, exactly. And I do think we mentioned this last time and just as an aside, I think it's fucking hilarious that lefties now are going in trying to buy guns. And they're all upset because they have they 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 don't have the paperwork so they have to wait. And sometimes they have a record, something on their record yeah. that, that disallows them from having it that they didn't even know. And they're going, they're, they're stomping their feet and holding their breath and, and putting a big stink about it now. But I can't protect myself now. Fuck you. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You did and this. And you never should be able to at this point. Yeah. Well, I, I've been watching a lot of Netflix because what the hell else do you do? Yeah. And I, that show Longmire, you ever seen it? I haven't, but I, it's about the sheriff in yeah, the small town. Yeah, in Wyoming. Yeah. It's supposed to be pretty good and it's okay, but there's, in the first episode, this guy gets shot with a Sharps rifle, this old, you know, buffalo gun, basically. And one of the people goes, you can buy an AK-47 in the mail and somebody shoots someone with a Sharps rifle. Well, technically you can buy one through the mail. You can buy it through somebody else, but it has to be shipped to someone with an FFL. You can't, he has to be, they can't send it to you in the mail. Unless you have that, yeah. Yeah, it's got to go, it's got to be shipped to a gun dealer so you can go through a background check. But it's probably a lefty right in this show yep. and goes, yep, that's how it is. And I hate this stuff. I hate that they just get to regurgitate this. Anyway, I got off track here. Here's what I want to talk about, what these numbers I have. So I'm not saying this coronavirus isn't a big deal. I'm saying we, we cannot shut a country down over it. And here's why. So um, these are, I know people say you can't, you can't compare it to the flu. Uh, for a couple of reasons. We have a vaccine for the flu, uh, for the most part. It does really keep that flu numbers down. But we've gotten to a point where there's an acceptable amount of death in certain things that we have. We know that there will be an acceptable amount of car accidents, an acceptable amount of heart disease, you know, things like that. There are numbers that don't shock us because we just yeah, understand. Death-related death, drinking alcohol. All but that. here's here's some of the I, – I know it's not like the flu. I we have a vaccine for the flu. This is an animal virus that transitioned to you people. You can still make comparisons. Well, I'm going to get there. I'm giving the reasons why you can't. Yeah. It's an animal virus that transferred over to people, so you don't have any natural immunities for it. Eventually, we will, but we don't now. Yeah, the herd immunity hasn't built up yet. It will over years, but this coronavirus is there. By the way, I saw an immunologist who said part of the problem is that you have too many people living in some of these cities. So the coronavirus not only will be seasonal, but it will always be in New York City. And it will always be in Los Angeles. can't get rid of it. There's just too many people. Again, progressive liberal policies that want to socially engineer sardine living, basically. Well, they'll be the ones who die in the zombie apocalypse. Anyway, so I understand all of those things. Here's why you can compare it to the flu. Um, And I'm, I'm really tired of people who say... 65,000 people a year die from the flu. That's bullshit. That is absolute bullshit. And where do I get the bullshit? From the CDC itself. These are the flu numbers for the last six seasons. So 13 to 14, 38,000. 14 to 15, uh, 51,000. That's the spike, by the way. 
sorry, wait, there's one other one. 15 to 16, 25, 16 to 17, 38, 17 to 18, 61, uh, 18 to 19, 34. So they take the highest number and say that many people die. Yeah. It is very likely, given the nature of this disease, that it will outpace those high numbers this year. We may see, according to Dr. Fauci, what he said the other day, up to two or maybe 300,000 people die from this. Okay, that's what the models are saying. But those models are based on what happened in New York, Washington, is happening in New Orleans, and happened in uh, Seattle, happening in every state. All the states have a peak like that. So that I don't think we're going to hit 300,000 deaths. But I saw a thing today on the news that said the the mortality rate of this disease. And keep in mind that even as more people die from it, I think we're up, up to like 8,000 deaths or something like that. Even as the mortality number rises, as we test more people. And no more people are infected. The mortality rate drop. drops. Right. The mortality rate as of this morning from the CDC was less than 0.7%. Okay. So if you take a country of 325 million people and I just... And they're testing people with symptoms at this point, mostly. Right. Uh, so, and there's, we're not even taking into account the asymptomatic people, which is a huge portion, according to Iceland even, who's been doing huge testing right. on people that don't even have symptoms. So 325 million people, 1% is 3 million people. Okay. You're talking half of that. And you go, well, shit, that's a million and a half people. Right. But we're talking, what if half the country is infected? Half of the country. So that number drops. So now we're down to 700,000. Okay. Well, now you have to take that in half too because you're not 1%. You're 0.6 and it's dropping. So you're talking 350 in the worst case scenario based on the uh, mortality rate of this disease. And I'm not saying that 350,000 people dead isn't a small number. I'm not saying. I'm just saying we can't shut everything yep. down on the possibility that in the worst case scenario, one out of every, I can't even do the math in my head, how many people that is, it's going to die. Because that many people may have died. Some of these people are underlying causes it's anyway. It's 1,758. Just, just kidding. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I just saw a thing today on Facebook that said uh, this actor from the Star Wars series, he taught the new guy who's playing Chewbacca how to do the the roar and stuff or the Wookiee talk or whatever. He's a, he's a voice actor, linguist kind of guy. Wasn't that just a recording of a, of a bear? No. Um, yeah. No, it wasn't. Not the new guy. He was teaching really? him how to. Yeah. So anyway. But he worked with a lot of the actors on accents and things like that. He did a bunch of stuff for the solo. Elderly movie. dude at this point. 76. Yeah. They're like, he died of coronavirus. Oh, and people are like, this. He died with coronavirus. I know. This fucking disease and blah, blah, blah. It's like, the guy's been in the hospital. He He's not a healthy guy. And I'm sorry, at 76, you kick off. It's not like you go, oh, they went way too young. That's younger than we want to see people die in this day and age. But- at 76, you get something like this. I can see it. So, but how much longer was a 76-year-old guy with underlying health problems going to live anyway? And so we're, yes, there are people, there was some 30-year-old uh, high school baseball coach from Pennsylvania who just got this and died. 30 years old. 
Okay. And coronavirus is affecting different people differently. But this is, this is bullshit that we're shutting everything down because people are fucking terrified. I, again, you're not supposed to go to the park in groups bigger than five. My kid's baseball team can't have a baseball practice. But every one of those parents can go to Walmart and go to Target and go to the grocery store, go to the post office, all in the same day. Yeah. And which is more likely to get you infected? All of those places. Right. It's, this is dumb. And people are panicking. And we're becoming a nation of fucking sheep. Well, I mean, and the you don't know what to take as a relevant statistic anymore. Because there's so many political agendas with the uh, World Health Organization is one of the top full of shit political organizations right now that you can't trust. Well, we're we're I believe we're the biggest funder of the World Health Organization. You know who's second? China. Oh. And did you see when uh, I it was over Skype? Someone was talking to this Australian doctor. <laughs> yeah. China. And the, yeah. Or, a Korean uh, woman was talking. I yeah. Think, and talking about. And she said something about didn't China know about this or whatever. And he just doesn't say. He just blankly sat there. Yeah. Like the gears turning. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then he, and then she goes, "Did you hear me?" He goes, uh, "I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't hear you." I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Because the look on his face was like, mm. "Oh no!" I think he was like, "I can't respond to this. I don't have any idea how he need I, to respond. I'm just gonna pretend I didn't hear it." For once, I'm gonna be more conspiratorial than you. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Because the next thing she said is, "Well, the question I was asking." He goes, "No, no, no. Next question. Move on." Yeah. He was set to do that. He was doing the, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. We're breaking up there. Yeah. You know. Well, uh, talking about what you can trust and what you can't trust, Iceland, there's an article on the Daily Wire, um, James Barrett, Iceland avoids statewide shutdown, provides data addressing key questions of the coronavirus. I'm not going to read the whole thing like I did before, but there's a um, little paragraph here. Some of the most helpful of the data coming out of Iceland are the results of its widespread COVID-19 testing, which includes a large percentage of people who are asymptomatic, showing no symptoms of the virus. According to the latest numbers, Iceland has found that as much as half of the people who have been infected by coronavirus may be asymptomatic, and that completely changes the numbers. Right. Like you were saying. So we're not hearing about this. Well, and Iceland's population is somewhere between like half a million and 600,000 people. And... 80% of them live in Reykjavik. So 360,000 people. Uh, small country of 360,000 people. Okay. Uh, I'm wrong about that. I think uh, I think I'm right about the 80% live in Reykjavik, though. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you don't have much of a better microcosm than that. Yeah, so that, that's the problem I'm having with this. You're hearing all kinds of stuff from different sources that sound like they should be reputable and, and, and have been reputable in the past. Um saying oh it's not as big of a deal as you think it is or it's a huge deal and young people are dying and it's gonna it's it's fucking up people that get it their lungs are fucking scarred for life and you're like oh my god this sounds really terrible yeah you look at italy and people it's people are freaking out and there's riots now because of all the dead and i'm like well is it because of all the dead is it because they just completely botched the whole well and italy's always been a shit show anyway but then there's this hospital um where is it is it in new york i can't remember the name of the hospital but there's this nurse or doctor that's been going on and all the news stations are carrying her now where she's talking about how, how terrible it's been and, and almost like inciting panic in my, in my opinion. And then some guy decides to go to the hospital with a camera with his phone and he shows outside just like any other hospital, any other day. It's not like, you know, it's not like pandemonium. He walks inside the hospital 
and, and they obviously don't want him recording there so he doesn't get too far in but it's like orderly there's not panic there's not dead bodies laying around there's mm-hmm. cop a lot of cops there telling him don't fucking record but he's like oh i'm sorry i'm leaving he's like where's this panic where's this craziness that this that this nurse is, is reporting why is this why is this happening well it's because it's sensational that's what the news wants exactly so i and the worst part about this whole thing psychologically for me not actually i'm exaggerating is going to be the people if there aren't 250,000 people who die from this let's say it's still a big number like 120,000 they'll still be like yeah but if we hadn't done this how bad would it have been like, yeah, maybe maybe it would have been double. Maybe it would have been a quarter. You can't million. go. You can't do that. You can't say it would have been five percent of the population. Or so. You just can't do that. That's, and they do that every fucking time. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's and that's a lefty thing that happens way more than on the right. And Thomas Sowell talks about that. And uh, I think it's wisdom of the anointed or visions of the anointed. Anointed. He basically talks about how the left will create a problem, make a solution, and then no matter what happens. Even if the cure was worse than the disease, they'll be like, well, wasn't, but if we hadn't done something. Yeah, didn't the Obama administration do that with jobs, saying that it was this whole uh, jobs created and jobs saved? Yeah. And it's like, it's not quantifiable. It's just, yeah. you know, it's nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. It's well, the same, well same it's like you, you say, they say, look at where we started. You're like, okay, yeah, you started in a bad spot, but it took you eight years and you still didn't fully recover. That's yeah. the slowest recovery we've ever had. And they'll go, yeah, but what if we hadn't done anything? Yeah. Like it probably would have been better. So, well, we're running a little late, but I wanted one last thing. If you got one more thing, I did too. Mine's quick, but go ahead. Mine's quick too. Um, you were talking about my distrust of the Chinese, not just the nation, but the people. I think you were talking about <laughs> it. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson, Watson, who's also from InfoWars, just, you know, um, has this article nothing, where he talks about this Chinese woman. He said, nothing left, left for the Americans. The Chinese woman brags about buying up a supply of N95 masks. So she's on like a um, social media app that's actually for Chinese consumption. It's called Welbo, W-E-L-B-O. So she shared video clips um, of her traveling around Florida buying up N95 face masks while bragging, quote, I didn't leave a single mask for the Americans. Uh, so f- so much fun shopping. Bought them all. Nothing left for the Americans. Feels so awesome to buy all these masks. And then she's bragging about the fact that they, sh- they really should be limiting these. There's there's actually limits, but they're not limiting. I can take whatever I want. And then she goes out to her car and videos. Not only is your cart full of these masks that she just cleaned the shelves out in one store, and she's been doing this all over. She goes up to her, her car, and it's packed full of these masks. But Trump is causing racism. And what she does is uh, it turns out that she sells them to Chinese people. That's what her. That's what she did before. She'd buy up products from American products and sell them to Chinese people for a profit. Now she's doing this, but she's bragging about the fact that, yeah, nothing left for Americans. Chinese are going to get these. And you wonder why I, 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 I shouldn't I shouldn't have um, uh, suspicion of Chinese citizens or, or, or people – that have ties to China, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm sorry, fuck you, but I'm not gonna sit there and look at every Chinese person like you know. I can't wait to fuck. I can't wait to, uh, you know, tell the tell the collapse, tell the big boogaloo, so I can take this fucker out. I'm not thinking that, but I'm thinking I'm not trusting you, and I'm not giving you my business, and I'm not gonna facilitate you fucking my country up. Do you know why that is though? Why? Because Trump's a racist. Oh, and since I support Trump, I am. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with had nothing to do with what this woman said. It was Trump shut off the Trump shut off the travel 
to China, and you were happy with that because you're a racist. Yeah. So Paul Joseph Watson says, the woman's behavior is clearly disgusting, given that there's been a shortage of masks across the Western world, uh, leaving frontline health workers exposed. He goes, be careful, though. If you criticize her, the media might call you racist. Remember, despite the fact that the virus originated in China, despite China lying about its spread, and despite China silencing whistleblowers who tried to warn the world, it's xenophobic to claim COVID-19 has anything to do with China. But then people always like equivocate and go, well, the Chinese government. And I'm, I'm at that point where the Chinese people are so indoctrinated for so many g- generations that, yeah, there's great Chinese people, great Americans of Chinese heritage in here that don't agree with that shit. But there's a shitload of Chinese people that fly in and out of um, San Francisco, and that's a big hub of tra- international transport. Um, there's still people flying in from China right now. They're not shutting down a, f- a flight to San Francisco, are they? They did New York, but not San Francisco. I think you have to be quarantined for 14 days. Yeah, so, but, I mean, come on, everybody. It's okay. It's okay to be suspicious and okay to, to you know, um, have a um, have an attitude of distrust at this point for, for Chinese people, especially Chinese nat- people that are Chinese citizens still, that are nationalists, Chinese nationalists. Well, what bothers me is if someone showed an American doing something like that over in China— the, the lefty news media here would be like, yeah, well, that's our imperialism right there. That's yeah, us. That's what we yeah, do. Yeah. Can't trust Americans. Yeah. If they do it, we're racist. If we do it, we're imperialists. Yeah. So, and I'm not going to just sit there and, and treat a Chinese person bad or, or look to, like, curb stop Chinese people. That's that's the kind of – that's the thing the media would say. Why, if are you, I, why are you winking at me again? <laughs> if I presented that statement like I have just did, the media would be all over – if I was a big name – the media would try to ruin me. They Dude, try to cancel uncross me. your fingers. <laughs> just, just both of them are just one set. Um, but it's okay. It's not racist to think this way. It's not xenophobic. Well, maybe literally, it is xenophobic. You know, you're you're fearful of what they can do. The the other, and speaking specifically of the Chinese, Jim Acosta would hate you. Oh, Don Lemon. Yeah. Oh. So. All right, so here's my one, and uh, this is an example of principles in action here, or not in action. So Joe Biden has been Me too Did you hear about this? Yes. This woman, Tara Reid. It sounds can, credible, but sound, I'm not going to say I believe all you know accusations, no, but it sounds credible. It's worthy of looking into. It sounds credible. It's worthy of looking into, but she was named. Like, she made this accusation the same way Christine Blasey Ford made her accusation. And she was outed right away. Her name came out, everything. Even though they tried to protect Blasey Ford. Yes. So, um, but now media doesn't want to touch it. They're like, that was... Not even, not just the media. There's organizations out there that are supposed to, the Me, like Me Too organizations that are supposed to help these women. Mm-hmm. And specifically a big one that helped with the Blasey Ford case say, no, we can't touch this one because... You know, because Biden's he's running, running for, president. for president. Yeah. We can't be biased that way. Full of shit. I mean, Supreme Court doesn't protect you. Running for the or uh, being nominated for the Supreme Court doesn't protect you, but running for president does. Yeah. And my whole point is, they screeched about Kavanaugh and how he was terrible and an abuser of women and blah blah blah. And this isn't the only example of Biden being creepy and weird. I mean, we have tons. Everybody of knows. Everybody knows it. Okay. And I'm not saying like. You know how people go, whenever they don't have facts, they go, everybody knows. No, there are pictures. There's video. There's all. Joe does a lot of weird shit. Um, 
This is believable. I don't know if it's true. All I'm asking is, treat this the same way you treated Kavanaugh. And for me, I'm not willing to jump down Joe's throat on this thing because I wasn't ready to jump down Kavanaugh's throat. You have to prove it. You have to show it somehow. And she's saying, ultimately, I'm not going to be able to do that. Okay. Yeah, she's, she's saying it's been too long. Yeah, it's been too long, and it was her and Joe. There's yeah. really no way to prove it. But there was no way to prove Kavanaugh's thing either. And, and, yeah. and he was a terrible human being. And there's still there's still people trying to impeach him from the Yeah, Supreme and normally Court. I would say, okay, that's interesting. It kind of you know kind of follows along with what I thought about him. But ultimately, yeah, if you can't prove it, there's not much you can do about it. But the hypocrisy of what happened is what makes me focus on this. And they don't understand that. They don't get that. They go, well, you're, you know, what's the you're deal? You're just doing it for attention. I'm like, or, or, or oh, you were so uh, anti-Blasey Ford. And what's this all about? And I go, because of that, because of the reaction of that, that's why I'm drawing attention to this, because of the hypocrisy. It's not me being hypocritical. It's me pointing out the hypocrisy, you yeah. fucking idiots. Yeah. But they try to turn that around and say, no, you're being the hypocrite. Okay. I think Blasey Ford was doing this for political reasons. I honestly believe that. Do I know that this woman is or isn't? I have no, no idea. No clue. No clue. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not going to accuse her of it yet. I'm also not going to say she was lying. I just don't know. But you have to show proof. And she doesn't have it. And so in my mind, if she doesn't have it, just like Ford, she probably should have kept her mouth shut. Yeah. And that's not going to be a... But Rooster, believe all victims. Believe all women. That's not going to be a victims should shut up thing. That's not it at all. By all means, if a woman's been raped, I mean... Or assaulted or something. And I mean assaulted. Not the guy said, oh, you look nice in that skirt. Yeah. You know, maybe he's a pig. Or if you're attracted to him, you're probably like, oh, my God, he said I look nice in that skirt. You know, whatever. But and if it's been 20 years and you can't, there's think no it's proof. 30. And there's no proof of it. And I actually believe you. I still, I feel terrible for you. Be like, yeah, I actually personally believe you. But I'm not, I can't. It's not there. actionable. I can't go against this guy and say, lose his job, put him in jail without proof, even though I personally believe you. That's just not how it works. Right. That's not the system, the standard that we've set. You almost sound like you have principles. Almost. Yeah, almost. All right. Well, That's all I got. All right. Well, if you want to get in contact with us, it's Bread and Circuses Pod. Oop. I was going to say the Facebook part like you're supposed to. Well, go ahead. No, if you want to get email us, it's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. Or? Or... Uh, Check out our Facebook page. Uh, Rooster is a prolific poster of memes and uh, and and his own thoughts. You were going to say prolific poster of prose. Of pro- <laughs> I should have said that. Yeah. But I wasn't. And uh, and if you see posts on there, generally it's it's Rooster posting. I'm not that clever. So that's usually true. usually it would just be a fucking rant. Yeah. If it were me. <laughs> Exactly. Well, show up there. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Give us some ideas for uh, topics going forward. And I am going to probably post this one. I usually post on Sundays. Um, I'm going to start post. We record now on Wednesdays mostly, and I think I'm going to try to post before the weekend because the news has just been going going so fast and so furious. We're like behind the times by Sunday, so I'm going to try to get this up by then by Thursdays. All right, great. See you, bye.